podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the FYP podcast. Pod number 285. Sponsored by Vector Printing for all your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a K. And and I'm led to believe this is quite difficult, this bit. JC and Associates. Visit jcassociateslondon.com. I will. No, it was difficult. (laughs) (laughs) JD is away doing something uh, gentle. Uh, so I'm hosting Kevin Day. Um, Andy Street is away putting an innocent man in prison. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Selsey, I imagine, is making Roy Hodgson's dinner. Yeah. So we're in uh, Soho Radio in the heart of London's West End. It's a small but bijou pod with uh, the Endicott family, James and Travis. Well, well thank you very Hello. much. How are you? Uh, I'm James and that's Travis. Yes. Just for, uh, just, just yeah, for they people who don't, they don't, know, they yeah, don't yeah. need to know that. Yeah, they don't. Basically, Travis is a son every every mother wished she had and... James, James is the father every boy wished he had. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, a, it's like a 70s commercial. Really. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, a strange game. I mean, it's easy to laugh about missed chances when you've actually won 2 0, but yeah. at a time, Travis, it was getting ludicrous, wasn't it? Um, that second half, especially with those few of the ones, it just seemed like the finishing was all over the place at one point. There was one that Townsend put past the post, the one where Wilf tried to go around the keeper. He put another one past. It, it did feel at the end of the day, it. Towards the end of the game, I thought, actually, looking back on it, watch the highlights as well and match the day, and it was all us. There wasn't really much going for Huddersfield on the highlights. But, you know, in that first half, especially, you're just thinking, what, what's going on? Where's, where's the goal going to come from? And I remember sitting here a couple of weeks ago talking about how we can take the game uh, to teams at home in the first half, and it was all about starting Max, and it didn't really happen. Well, I, I, have my, I feel sorry for me, as I have to say... Yeah. How many times have we said that on this pod? It's got to be Luca and yeah. Kiato yes, and Max and, just in front. Uh, until we see exactly until we see Max just in front of those two, I don't think we can I judge him. Not. But with the chances, James, mm. I think the only thing you can say in a way is they weren't all. It's not like the Burnley game when we had so many shots from the edge of the six-yard box, so many gilt-edged chances. A lot of them were one-on-ones, weren't yeah. they? And a lot of them yeah, were from the edge of the box, and it was sort of taking that one, maybe one touch too far, not having that killer instinct, which you know we, we've always. We've always, for example, Wilf. We've always said Wilf doesn't have that killer instinct mm. in front of goal. You know, of course he he gets penalties and is our best player ever. Blah blah blah. But we do like that killer instinct in front of goal. And it was, but seeing the seeing it back on the replays, you know, 
you can sort of understand why a lot of those chances went begging and, you know, maybe just slightly the wrong angle or a lot of... The, I mean, they were back in droves. I mean, the Huddersfield def- defence were back a lot of the time. But, I mean, I just want to go back to that first half. That first half was one of the worst halves yeah, of football I've yeah. seen in an absolute age. I was literally on the verge of ripping up my season ticket, but I, I found it hard to rip. <laughs> it's quite hard to... I decided which, to I, skip I, I the queues at the bar a bit early for, after that first half. I thought, you know, I'll just watch it on the screen instead. Nothing's going to happen. And it didn't. Nothing did happen. We no. could always do these season tickets. What we did after, I think we lost to Wolves, which almost relegated us in the Alan Smith season. Everyone just threw them on the pitch. Which yeah. Not much of a gesture when it was yeah. the last home game. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched. I missed. It. I missed the last ten minutes of the first. Cause it took me that long. Cause I'd spent so long in the portions. I'd forgot I was on the pitch at half time. It took me that long to navigate my way around. Yeah. But Wait. what was what was wrong with that? First? I mean. I don't know in the and everybody beforehand was saying this is a positive attacking formation. Yep. It looks Which like it we're was, go- it looks it like was. we're going at them from the start. But somehow, mm. just with Schlupp and Meyer, it just didn't quite. Is I mean, is it as simple as as soon as Kiati came on second half, he provides that platform for us to go forward? But, but first half again, we were just too. Were we too passive? Were, were Huddersfield better than we thought they were going to be? Were we too confident? I think more than Kiati, it was. Uh, it was uh, um, it was um, McArthur that made a difference when he came on because he's, he's really sort of pushing forward, wasn't he, and trying hard. And really, I think he's, he'd, he'd had the advantage of seeing the first half and knowing what was needed, you know, so... But he, he, he provided it. I just think that first half, I mean, we weren't giving them too much respect. They... I was very surprised by Huddersfield, to be honest. I thought they would come out as, like, gung-ho, knowing, mm, yeah. knowing that we've not been great this season at home. I thought they'd be really at it. Not that they were going to stay up, at all, uh, obviously, and, and they're not. And there was no way they were going to, even, even if they beat us, they wouldn't have stayed up, really. But I was surprised at the way they played. It just seemed very fat. It seemed like no team had anything to play for. Mm. It seemed like a real end of season thing. It, was like to it, all, it really did feel like that. And the real lack of organisation from both teams. I'm not just blaming Palace on this. I'm blaming Huddersfield as well. I thought both teams were appalling in that first half. Having it was said a really that, bad I'm, advert for football, to well, be honest. Having said that, even in the first half, especially in the second, some of our approach play up to the 18-yard box was... Was scintillating. So yes, second half, yeah. some of it was, yeah. and quite a few people said to me after the game, we need to maybe change the mood music on the pod a little bit because, in the end, we did win comfortably, and perhaps we, we should concentrate. Yeah. Because, but what a lot was made as well. Luca talked about what was said at half time, and he didn't want to go into the details, but it it kind of been just simply putting McCarthy on. He's another left sided player, so why was it suddenly so more balanced in the second half than the first? You think, Trev? I couldn't say. I couldn't say. I think the. The second half, it was probably a case of Huddersfield coming out and thinking, actually, if we've got any chance, we're going to have to gonna try and score a goal. And it just opened the game up for us a little bit. They pushed slightly f- further forward and the ball just broke every now and again. But McCarthy has just a bit more than Schlupp does. Schlupp just seems like a bit of a headless chicken sometimes mm. running around. And I think McCarthy's just got his head screwed on a bit more and it just gave a bit more organisation in the middle because we, we, there was nothing in the middle of the park that whole first half. We were just being completely overrun. And it, every now and again, you get the ball to the, the wing backs. You've got Van Arnholt bombing down the left. And there was a couple of chances where it came through that, but there was nothing going through the middle. And that's why it just, just could, we couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything at all. Well, I thought second half, the second half in particular, so yeah, the last 25 minutes. We're great. That, but I thought the difference to me was that Van Arnholt suddenly seemed to get a fit in his head and he just suddenly played 20 yards further on. Yeah. So well, he's, and, he's, and Wilf moved in a little bit, so their defenders kept following Wilf, and it gave. It was almost like the last six games of last season, yes. where so much was being built. Yeah, definitely down definitely. that side. I think it was. You know, I thought. You know, we, and as you say, you know, I'm not being doom and gloom about it. It was a terrible first half, but we were playing a team that really have got nothing to play for apart from pride. And you know, we did. We did beat them two 0 yeah. You know, and we won. We won the game. We won it comfortably in the end. We won it really comfortably, and we could have got four or five goals. You know, and I. 
we can't moan too much. We, you know, of course we moan a little bit to give a bit of balance, but maybe we balance it too much. Yeah. Way and, well, Luca is now, I believe, our third highest ever goal scorer in the Premier League. <laughs> He's our top goal scorer, which is yeah. which is slightly worrying. But again, debate afterwards <laughs> in the pub about Hodgson is not. There's only so much he can do. It's not his fault that they're missing the chances. I mean, no. do, do, Trav, I mean, what were you like with chances when you were playing football? Does that goal suddenly seem much smaller when you're one-on-one with a... Oh, I was playing it right back for a lot of the time, so I didn't really get many of the opportunities. For a couple of the goals I did score were hitting hopes crossed into the box. That was that one against that Swedish team, remember that? Oh, that's Swedish, yeah. And there was a couple yeah. of times I got See, moved that's, I love the fact you remember. You, <laughs> only, you only scored two goals, but you remember them both. Was, so. There was one against Plymouth and there was one against West Ham in the snow. The one against West Ham in the snow was incredible. Yeah. yeah. It, was a long just, time it does. I mean, it, it gets to that point. And it, I, when I remember playing football and it reminded me of the Wolf chance the second half where the ball's just saying, you just think everyone's going, shoot, shoot, shoot. How did you miss? And he tries to go around the keeper. But it is, it's sometimes... It's just a bit of panic, but I think you know I'm not, I'm not I've never got never was a Premier League footballer, never will be now. But um, you would have thought at, at at you know at that level you would have a bit more I composure. don't know confidence and composure, composure yeah. and you know you, you've been playing for long enough now to kind of just have that bit more of a natural instinct mm. as to where to put the ball. And there was a couple of shots, but they you know they just going wide. It was just if, you know a few of those, a couple of inches to the left, the Townsend one, the one with Wilf, a couple of inches to the right, and. You know, they would have been but Wilf will always shots. get us a goal in the fact we get so many penalties. Yeah. Yeah. Wilf will always terrify defenders. Whether he hasn't got that instinct in front of goal, which we all wish he had, because I think that would elevate him into one of the great Premier League players, possibly. Even yeah. though he's, he's a great Palace player. But, I, I mean, I, he was terrorising that defence. You know, maybe not as much as he normally does. The second does, half was ridiculous. I mean, he was brilliant in the just, second half. He was brilliant. The one against West Ham in the snow sounds like the best friends episode. That never got <laughs> well, I think as well, because a lot of people... I'd forgotten this, but he, he had been on a long, torturous journey out to his international squad and back without yes. playing. So he'd spent something like 28 hours on a plane. So I think maybe the first half he was Possibly, in yeah. of rugby. But it's, it's, it is frustrating. And I know we are trying to be positive, and we you are know, positive. We, we are positive, because we, we won the game, Kevin. But it's frustrating when you see what they can do when they link up, especially down that left-hand side together. Mm. And if we could get Wan-Bissaka and, and Townsend linking the way that yeah. Zahar and... Uh, PVA do on the, on the other side it'd be fantastic but again I, th- I think we'll all, one of the things everybody was talking about afterwards was that amazing piece of defending by Wan-Bissaka yeah well he's just in the second half which is ridiculous I mean he's just so I mean he's if, if he does not win player of the season there's something wrong you know without a doubt I mean he's incredible at the moment and yeah I just don't know where it's come from he just he just keeps on getting better and better as well more composed he he, he was in the box in the second half as well, is that yeah, the attacking yeah, yeah, the attacking yeah. phase was games come a, come a long way this season as well because that's always been the the big thing is he is a you know the comparisons between you know who for for Liverpool, but he's um I think he's come on leaps and bounds this season. He's got an assist. He almost got one in the second half as well where he's gone past. He beat, I think he beat a couple of men with one turn, yeah. put the ball in the box. I think Mitchy might have got onto it and nodded it down, but he's come on and he found himself in the box a couple of times. So hopefully you know build on that. Townsend is a very good. Uh, a good player covering him defensive wise. There was a couple of times you noticed him, like when Wamsak was pushing forward, Townsend dropping back in, which yeah. Wilf doesn't necessarily do for for Patrick. But mm. I know it was but it was he, good to see. He just seems to enjoy defending though as yeah. well. Um, he seems to yeah. take the same pressure in it as a, as a winger or a he, forward. He's one of those players that will go in for the slide tackle, even though he doesn't need to because it's because <laughs> it it's, it's the beauty of the slide tackle. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, that, yeah, that, but it, it, it works, just clatters though. into defenders. It yeah, that, that, defenders. That, he makes them scared. That Maisie, that Maisie run he made from one corner flag to the other. Doing two tackles in between, like he, yeah. any other defender would yeah. just ho- yeah, hoisted exactly. that out. He was just like he could have gone back again if he wanted to. I think the other thing that made a difference was the introduction of Christian Benteke. I thought I, I, you know, I'm not sure if you're going to bring that up, but I thought he was 
you know, much uh, maligned, but 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 loved by Palace fans and rightly so. I I I thought he made a great contribution when he came on. Oh yeah, it was a couple of nod downs. He well, it was a couple of nod downs that led to the led to a one on one. I think he's got that he's got that ability to hold it up, and you know, he's he looks a little bit out of sorts sometimes, but he he certainly knows what's going on. I mean, he, we've said it a million times the last two three seasons. He just needs that goal. You, you can know. see it in him, and the problem is when Benteke. We talk about match fitness a lot as well. He's not been match fit all season because he's he's come back for a game, comes off the bench. If you don't get five games of 90 minutes under your belt, you're not, you're not going to see the Christian Benteke that scored 16 Premier League. Well, his, his first touch, I think it's his first touch, was that brilliant cushioned header to Townsend, yeah. Yeah. who kind of got well defended. He was sort of off balance when he shot. But then his flick through to Wilf's one-on-one yep. was, mm. was brilliant. And I think... I felt for him because if that had been the other way around, we'd all be saying, oh, what a flick from Wilf or yeah. what a flick from <laughs> AWB. Yeah. But because it's him, yeah. everyone thinks it's either accidental or he's off balance. But it was a beautiful touch. Yeah, and I, I thought it was the first time that he showed, if, all right, if he's not going to score, let's mm. see the link-up play. And plays into the re- game. Re- absolutely. And, and this is the so, argument yeah. to you know, start someone up top with him. Well, that's it. that is a that well, is an argument. You know, well, let's, well let, that's a question we've got for part two, but we'll ask oh. you now. It's from, from Sam. Okay, um, hi, Sam. And... Does it, well, basically, it says it's a longer question. That, but do you think Roy needs to be more creative with his tactics at home, which boils down to Benteke and Batshuayi up front? Well, you know what, we are coming to the end of the season, and you know we're not mathematically safe, but you know, I, why the hell not? You know, why yeah. the hell not? You know, why not? Why like not experiment it. a little bit? Because they are two completely different players up mm. front, and you know, Mitchie is the one. He's better with the ball at his feet. I think he's got a bit more pace on him. Um, he, seems, he seems slightly more ag- agile as well. Yeah, Benteke is. He's got better footwork, but yeah, I, I think that, I think it could work. The Red yeah. Devils up front. Do you think? Why is it? I mean, this is a question that only Roy Hodgson can answer, and he consistently refuses to answer the phone. <laughs> Maybe one of you two should phone him up. But he's yeah. obviously got JD's numbers. Since JD infuriates him so much in press conferences. <laughs> but there is because for me, Batshuri looks like he's a, probably a better player away from home than at home. But. It's it's a question. It's like Rob Sutherland has, has asked us this question. And congratulations on your recent marriage, yeah, Rob. Congratulations, Rob. Congratulations, Rob. Well done. I imagine it was a plane spotting holiday he went on, but <laughs> he would have been happy at least. Which fifty percent of the partner being happy is, is fine. But it's, yeah, it, it, but there is this question: Why is it away from home? We probably get four chances and convert two or three. Yeah. <laughs> and yet at home, fifteen, twenty chances. I mean. I don't know. It's, is it a composure thing again, Travis? We keep saying, is it nerves in front of a nervous crowd? Is it wanting to please? Is it wanting to score a perfect goal? I don't. You know what? I really don't know. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I really wish I had the answer, Kev. I really. It don't seems know far it too drastic of a difference, though, to it for it to be. At the end of the day, it's a it's a game on a football pitch, and they're they're all the same. It, it can't make that much of a difference. I I mean I don't know. I just. I, for it to be that drastic, to be so clinical away from home, what was it, the game the other week when we was it about four shots on target? It was well, three, Burnley, yeah, Burnley, it was three, yeah. Yeah. Leicester, we just didn't, Leicester, really, we didn't really have anything. We just Man slotted City them all away, and it was just like that was it. Roofless Palace, we just do that at home. But I can't. I don't know why being at home. I don't. I don't know what nerves that would necessarily bring in. Well, I'll just make it maybe with the crowd know. being nervous, and you're, you're you're so desperate to score that. But you'd imagine because I thought after we scored the first. I was thinking three, four, five. But do there was a big big sense of relief that celebration from uh, PVA when he scored that second goal. But even yeah, that, his first touch was probably wrong. He took it too wide, and the keeper yeah. chased him for some reason. Did, Trav, do any clubs? Did you ever have like attacking coaches like NFL teams do? Have someone who specifically coaches scoring goals, yeah. or is it? Yeah, strikers went off and did shooting practice. Bright took them off. 
and they would do that for half an hour and the rest of the team midfield and defence would work on organisation and that type of stuff. Shooting practice isn't yeah. quite the same as shooting practice. There's the goal. No, but it is. It's like balls coming in from different angles. How do you take it from here to have a good shot and goal and yeah. be, be composed and I mean it was just we were just in the pub before watching the highlights of that game earlier with uh, Rondon's chance and you're just thinking absolutely no way should he the ball just be well where the ball was he yeah, should have just yeah, stuck yeah. it onto the back post well, it's those little things and that that's what you do in training all the time so I can't see why couldn't be that applied in a match well it is we did we did have the shots just put them wide there's, there's a, I can't remember which <laughs> game it was there was a game on BT Sport recently where the, the pundits were Ian Wright and Michael Owen right uh which it's not. I bet that was a bad Well, one part of it was. But it was interesting because they asked about a particular chance, and Michael Owen went into great technical detail about dropping a shoulder, you know, waiting for the keeper to do this, and then you half shrivel your right ankle, and then you swivel your left ankle. And then, and, and when it came to Ian Wright, Ian Wright went, I don't know. Instinct, you see. Just, all, I just can't tell you anything. I, all the great centre yeah. forwards, in fact, all great footballers, but especially centre forwards or forwards, it's 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 all instinct. It's instinct. Yeah, you, you can be trained to go that way or go that way. But all the great forwards, and Ian Wright's a great example. Yeah. You know, that was instinct. Well, Kevin Phillips was the same as well. There were yeah. so many times you think, "What's he doing there?" Oh, he's just scored. Hmm. Yeah, how did that happen? Yeah. yeah, but they just they just have an an eye for goal, you know, and, and and do it. But just just going back to the game at the weekend, you know, I I, I was really very very frustrated at half time because I I was watching a really bad game of football. Mm. And I just thought this is you know we're supposedly the best league in the in the world and all these bobbins, and I was just thinking you know there are here two teams in the in the bottom third, one of them which is pretty much down, and um, this is not a great advert football. I don't know what happened at halftime. Maybe it was the introduction. It was the, maybe it was Max coming off and McCarthy um, coming on. And, and Wilf moved a bit further and, inside and a little, yeah. bit, a little bit. So there was a few tactical changes, but we've just seen to up our game. But the amount of people around me who say we are a team that only plays in the second half, we're a second half team, we're a second half team. I don't know whether we're a second half team, but I think we're a team that are always better under pressure almost. So once it gets to half time and it's been bad, then we just think, right, come on, guys, what the hell are well, we doing here? Having said that, we've conceded most of our goals in the second half as well. Yeah, so there, bang goes my well, thing. I know. No, <laughs> I'm trying to take the games to teams, so you're going to leave yourself a bit more exposed, probably. I agree with you, and it's, it's, a, it's a criticism of Roy Hodgson that I think is difficult to deny, in, yes. in that it, there are many games this season, West Ham is just one of them at home, where we haven't really started playing until we've gone a goal down. It's like almost like we need yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, the yeah. adrenaline rush. The big before difference we is was it was making the half-time sub, though, which is a massive rarity. A massive rarity, and it did make all the difference. It did and you've, got yeah. to, you've got to hand it to you've Roy for making that, and exactly. it was, he probably won us that game from, yeah. put, from putting McArthur on. Well, we need to preview the next two games coming up. I don't think we can leave that game on Saturday without two things. First of all, the very moving... Uh, round of applause. 30 minutes. Yes. 30 tribute, minutes. Yeah, that was amazing. And, and hats off to the HF for uh, organising that yeah. banner. And, I know and hats off to the Huddersfield fans, not that any of them are listening, but thanks for joining in as well. Well, also, as well, and also, I've had quite a few tweets from Huddersfield fans who wanted to thank Palace fans because it went completely unnoticed, but all the Palace fans joined in the applause for Huddersfield's players yeah. when they came over at the end, yeah, as, did, yeah. as we did at Stoke last season and yeah. West Brom relegated both those teams. And unlike other clubs, our fans didn't revel in, the, well, in, their, in their misery. That's because it's. Not too far in our memory of <laughs> to us, so of how it's we, happened uh, to us. We, uh, yeah, know how horrible it is. Yeah, but the that tribute in the thirteenth minute was no, was, was uh, wonderful, yeah, and yeah. it's the least you'd expect from Palace fans yeah, as well. Of course, of course. So we'll take a quick break there, and then we'll be back. Uh, we'll let JD criticise his first half and make his. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be on the phone telling us what to do better in the second half, and then uh, yeah, we'll see you in a moment. Okay, bye. <laughs>
Welcome back to f- <laughs> Five Year Plan Podcast. podcast yeah, well, hey. okay, right. I'm, I'm, start again. No, we won't. We'll, do, oh, we'll just carry on. Just, we'll, we will do this. That's what you should have done every week when JD mucks yeah. it up at the start. <laughs> so, who is sponsored by Kev? How many times we are sponsored by? Very good. You got that right. back on track, DJ. <laughs> I just wanted to point out. Uh, <laughs> Every no, time, off track now. <laughs> no, no. All those people, all those people listening each week, go. This is really smooth. They don't realise how many times we full start. Yeah. Basically, say we JD, but now we. Yeah. But we're sponsored, uh, James Endicott. Yeah. Uh, and Bye. also Travis Endicott, yeah, just to you. establish the people who are thank here. Thank you, Kevin Day. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> By Vector Printing, uh, uh, which of course is the one-stop resource for all your printing and embroidery needs. So go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a K. Oh. And our other sponsors are oh, JC really? and Associates. Ooh. So if you want to avail yourself of their goods and services, I visit jcassociateslondon.com. Oh, I, I will. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I, 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 will, I will do that straight after we finish. Thank you. Not you, though, Travis. You uh, not me. I'll leave it to Dad. Do it with him. <laughs> uh, so it's um, question time traditionally Ooh, in part, part two. two. Um, we've had quite a few questions. I think we've. these are probably the ones that... JD thinks I'll be capable of reading out. <laughs> yeah, can I just point out to listen that Kev did um, did say around that he finds it because Kev, <laughs> as as most men of our age, we are very similar age. Kevin, and I, we wear reading glasses. And Kev was pointing out how difficult he finds it to uh, read with his glasses on and talk at the same time. Now I can read with the glasses on, but I you can't talk at the same time with the glasses on. Right, so, so which is why I'm doing a lot with the Ronnie two Ronnie. Oh, oh, I just thought you. Was, I thought you were just trying to make me laugh. No, no. Wait, has anyone heard laughter? No. For many of you, you both have very distinctive laughs. laughs. So clearly, I don't know what it is. It's just always a problem. I, I, so I lift the glasses up, and then if you you say what's the next question, I panic and put them down. All oh, right, okay. But with the glasses, I don't know why it should be that I find it difficult. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So, some, so you've got some questions. We'll, we'll, talk, um, we'll talk about Tottenham in this half as well, and then. Very strict instructions from JD to keep the part three under seven minutes. I don't know why that is. Oh, that's interesting. I think he's been researching the dynamics of podcasts. Algorithms or something. Uh, yeah, or that, that's not a word he'll have no. ever used. Is well, I don't know. He, no, I think he goes to a farmer's market and buys algorithms by the pound. <laughs> the one in Amersham. Yeah, can I have a pound of algorithms, please, sir? <laughs> yeah, he'd ask for half a kilo. He's modern, isn't he? <laughs> Anyway, questions. questions. I've said um, one of the things I most enjoyed about the uh, anti-Brexit walk, which I went on a couple of weeks ago, mm. the Million March people. Which, I was there. Uh, Didn't see you. I, well, that's probably because I nipped off into Fallen Masons halfway through. <laughs> nipped I, off into I, Fallen Masons. I, I took a punt that it might be quite quiet in there, so I bought some honey. Then <laughs> I realised. I realised on the way home with my EU flag and my Fallen Masons bag with honey in, I was playing up to the cliche of every. <laughs> every rem- every Brexiteer again. I couldn't have looked more like a re- middle class <laughs> Remainer. Uh, all right, that's fantastic. And they had a special offer on honey as well. I bet they did. It's lovely Welsh honey. Well, was, nice. it, was it Welsh honey? Welsh honey, yeah. Oh, They've got some Surrey honey as well. Surrey honey. I shouldn't. Yeah, Surrey honey. I, um, I, I, I live in Catford. You can buy Catford honey. Can you? But you, but you, you know about honey. If, if you buy honey from the area where you live, it protects you against local. Diseases and local illnesses, because the, such as the common cold and yeah, the common cold things like because things like you're, because you're getting the honey from the local bees, and it, there's something in there that protects you against the local. I mean, I'm not talking like big illnesses. I'm talking like minor ailments, like a cough or a cold or an earache or something. Like that. I, I've I've been to Catford. Where are these Catford hives? Um, Hidden. 
Hidden, oh, hidden. You've got to know where they are, mate. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll just have to take on a few bags for you around there. Don't worry about that. It's all it's all a bit nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Oh, yeah, so no more. Yeah, we had a vegan friend staying with us recently who had a cold, and I suggested honey, and I was met with short shrift. Apparently vegans are not allowed honey because the bees haven't given permission. Anyway, to, to well, I did point out that the flowers haven't given the bees permission to nick their pollen either, but... No, that's all right. Uh, yeah, just make me short no, 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 yeah, um, <laughs> I quite like this question. This is from Alex Jones. Oh, Alex, Alex Jones. Which Alex Jones. It's sort of like Ian Longhurst asked, if this is the most successful period in our history, then why is everyone so negative at the moment? And Alex's question is, are we having an existential crisis? And if so, why? Because on paper, things look... You right. know, we, we often talk every about week. It's a theme we come back to. And, you know, we're just about to probably enter our seventh season in the top flight. And, yes, we are going through the best period in Palace's history in, you know, 115 years or whatever it has been around. But, you know, within that, you know, we're, we're here doing this on a weekly basis. And as football fans, you live week by week a lot of the time. Football fans are not, not here to give perspective, a massive perspective. We're here to just judge what happened last weekend and what's going to happen next weekend. And, yeah, we will talk about things in minutia and we will get downtrodden by it and get angry about it. But all of us, with, any, with half a common sense, will step back and just go, you know what, that was Grand an appalling things. first half against Huddersfield, yeah. and that was rubbish. Yeah. But in reality, come on. We're not doing too bad, are we? Yeah. Well, also, but that, but that, that, we still had that, a clean yeah, sheet. You know that, that would make a boring pod, and that would make us all boring but, football but, fans. But I suppose the thing is, as well, Trav, it's like, it's like Damien Delaney always, you know, it was a great talker, and he's very articulate, and he's very passionate about the club when he was here. Mm. But he was always wary about talking about previous generations of Palace because he didn't know. Of course he didn't know. It wasn't, and he said, it's not up to me to, to you know more about the club than I do. Mm. I know a lot about the club now, but I suppose Travis is all that... We have different perspectives. Your perspective will be different to your dad's because he's got so much more of it. Yeah. To fall back on. Yeah, to, yeah. We can console ourselves with many more worse seasons. And I mean, mm. people who have only supported Palace for the last five or six years know nothing more than this. Than this, so comparative. But for us, when we remember four and a half thousand people at home to Shrewsbury. Mm. But at the same time, if you do yeah. know four and a half, you know, at home to Shrewsbury, you, you know that at the moment we're at the best run in our, the club's history. And yeah, and the more you have, the more you want, and the more you want to keep it going. There's not like, all right, we've 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 had our best little run now. Let's go back down to the championship again, get relegated, and go. I prefer it here anyway. Nobody wants that. You want to keep it going, and of course you're going to get frustrated when, with with the team we have on paper and the players and the squad we have and the best we, we know. But I say that we've just beaten Huddersfield two 0 We've yeah. done it. We've done it. We've done a Premier League job. We've <laughs> won the best Premier League teams we've had. Exactly. Didn't have such a good first half. Came out in the second half, changed it around, win two 0 keep a clean sheet. Thank you. So good night. at the end of the day, yeah, I mean. Is there that much of a... I mean, there is a bit, a bit of a problem. We I mean, should be I, I know, also, but it's a big it's league and it's... Every, every football fan's got to moan about their club. Yeah. I'm sure if you listen to a Liverpool podcast, they're going to be moaning. You listen... Yeah. Oh, Maybe even maybe in a Man City podcast they'll be moaning about something. Of course they do because people. I mean, absolutely no point. Part, if you perspective in football do. is I'll, there's absolutely no room for it. I don't think. I'll give I'll <laughs> give you two examples, which is uh, Adam Selves, who at half time would have been thinking to himself, "We're in this game. <laughs> We've stayed in the game. That's good. Yeah. That's what well, we yeah, should exactly. do." Whereas but I was also my friend Mark Webster, who's who looks on the gloomy side quite often. Talking about his West Ham fan. He didn't like Joe Cole. He was never a fan of Joe Cole. And Joe Cole scored his 25 yard screamer once. And he went, yeah, that was going over before it went in. <laughs> uh, and, that was just, and generally, that was his perspective. So, so, so there are some fans you can't please. And if, yeah. if we'd lost that game 1 0, then the atmosphere probably would have been far more muted at the end. And if we'd won it 4 0, we wouldn't be talking about the missed chances no, no, in any way, shape, yeah. or form. But there's a, I've got a couple are of we questions. having an existential crisis? Mm. I do every day when I get up, mate. 
We wouldn't be talking about it because you wouldn't have missed the chance to see if we had won 4-0. That's the... Well, fair point. Oh, that's a very good point. That's an existential answer to a question about an existential (laughs) question as well. Because you two live in a world of Japanese jazz and Norwegian surf music, so existentialism is never far from... Never far from... Says the Joy Division Division fan. I've got a lot of stories about Joy Division. Well, the new book, apparently, was brilliant. I had had John Savage on my radio show yesterday talking about it. Oh, well, that's that's a conversation. Travis, if you'd like to go out and make a cup of tea for (laughs) 20 minutes while we talk about it. (laughs) It's a fantastic book, you should buy it. I will do, yeah, no, I love Joy Division. Well, you know, it's my my favourite moment ever was uh, Edinburgh, late in live... Singing in love will tear us apart with hooky on the bass guitar. There you go. When afterwards you went, that's the first time I've heard the lyrics. Miserable, <laughs> miserable, aren't they? I wonder how much of this JD is going to keep in. All of it. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pod gold. Um, so there's a couple of questions before we go on to talk about Spurs. There's a couple of questions I think which are interesting about individual players. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, first of all, Sam underscore story. Hi, Hi Sam. Um, simple one, Dan or Kelly, which is Ooh. not a question I thought we would ever be asking, but... I think it's a um, ju- valid one at the moment. Without two, two three years ago, I would have said Dan. Now I would have said Kelly. But I really? think it depends who they're playing with. I think if it's Tomkins, if Sacco's out, and uh, I mean if Tomkins is out and Sacco's fit, Kelly. If um, Tomkins is fit and Sacco's out, then Dan, like it was on the weekend. But I think Kelly is a, a very competent centre back. I think we, we have got a good good ba- battle for uh, that position at the moment. I it's didn't one feel of the things James with Dan the other day. I didn't feel comfortable with Dan. What Selzy? I mean, one of the things Selzy always says is he loves. He's always said, he says Sacco is the best centre-back we've ever had at Palace. And the more games he misses, the, the more correct he looks. Because it seems that, again, it's Sacco plus one other looks like the, the best combination. And yeah. they do seem to miss him. He yeah. does bring out the best of every other yeah. player he plays with. Tomkins, as, you know, he's one of the best centre-backs. You go, oh, Tomkins is amazing. As soon as Sacco goes, a mistake pops up here and there. And I know that you, Dad, you know, find you struggle with Sacco. I the, do struggle the, with the Cruyff turns on the edge of the box, but you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> the way the way he does take the game, he is the one player that we've never really had at our centre back position who who can get the ball straight into the striker, and suddenly you've got you from nothing, and you're suddenly somewhere. He's got he's got a, a lot more of a head on his shoulders, a lot more brain in his head than he seems to seems to show sometimes with the little flicks and tricks in he's, which like positions, but he does it's the confidence he brings to the team it's yeah. the organisation he's a leader and Leicester away yeah. as well he carries the ball forward sometimes yeah, at, yeah. From the defense yeah. in, in a way that Kiyati probably doesn't and should well in that first year I remember there were Chelsea last season when we'd, we'd, we'd just got him back off loan and he'd I think he made a tackle near the edge of the 18 yard box and played it through to Wolf yeah, yeah. it's just it's those little things but and I think he just brings out, he brings a bit more confidence to the rest so of the team. So what's your problem with him, James? My, just... my problem is not him, my problem is that there's at least, at least once, maybe twice every game where he just absolutely loses his mind and doesn't know what he's doing and does something really, really stupid. And it costs us sometimes. Not all the time, because most of the time he gets away with it, but it does cost us. And I just worry. I, I worry about him. And I, I, I worry about what's going to happen. But saying that, I agree with Travis in the fact that the other defenders do play a lot better when he's around, and I, I think we're a, we are a better defensive unit when he's there. And I guess if looking at it, I would rather take that than the the, the couple of moments of worry that I get every game when he's, as Charlie says, he's on the edge of his own area and does, and does a cry turn when he's got one of the greatest strikers in Europe hurtling down yeah. on him. But anyway, that's the way it goes. So Travis has answered the question for you, Dan or Kelly, for you. Uh, I'm Kelly at the moment. I'd, I'd, say, Kelly. I'd say Kelly at the moment. I'd say, oh, Kelly. I'd say Kelly. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll just, I'm going to have a salesy moment to say Dan, and just because okay. we can't all agree. You're very desperate. <laughs> <laughs> um, question from Will Bren. Hi, Will. I will. And How are you doing? Now, this I've, I like this question. Do you think? Do we think Roy has the patience to work on Mayer over the summer, 
or will he not be with us next season? Is he going to drift from contention? To me... Are you talking about Roy or... <laughs> no, Roy, Roy, good question. Good question. For me, Which I'd, is another question. I'd, 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 I'm not convinced that Roy is interested in bringing out the best in Mayer. I, I don't somehow. think he is, no. I don't think. I think I think Roy's been around too long. I don't think Roy's probably got the patience, to be honest. Um, I think Max had a real moment to shine against Huddersfield, against by far the worst team in the league. Uh, and he had a chance to really shine and put his stamp. He had 45 minutes. He knew he had 45 minutes. He wasn't going to get subbed in the first half. So he knew he had 45 minutes, and he just didn't He didn't do it. He didn't do it. And there was one. Or two. I don't but think it was bad as, I in the first half. He was, I don't think Shub was as bad. I, I, see, I, I got real people. I was people around me, and I was, and I looked at Twitter towards the end of the first half, and people just slating Schlub. Yeah. And I thought he was one of our best players in the first half. To be honest, I really did. And I think he's our, one of our most improved players, at least since Christmas. He's popped up with a few important goals I, here I, and there as well. I think he's a very underrated player at Palace by Palace fans. I well, think I, really I think his problem is, and we have said this before, is Schlub. I don't think. Particularly positionally, he's not entirely sure where he should be yeah. on the pitch. But I think he started off a striker when he was. Well, it, but it, do, it doesn't help when we when we're revisiting our ground. But it doesn't help when you've got in MacArthur, Mayer, and, and Schlupp, You've got three players who are instinctively, naturally left-sided. Yeah, which doesn't help. Which is going to unbalance things. Which mm. is why you often found Schlupp and Mayer were in the same five-yard space, and there was acres of empty room on the other side of them. But I think. Yeah, we we didn't fully talk about. It. For me, we look, at, we attack better when Kiati's there to make the platform. When he's I, yeah. when he's there to, to as that extra insurance. I feel a lot a lot happier when Kiati's playing rather than yeah. Max. To be honest, because I do think he just adds. He just seems to have the extra the extra bit of pace on him as well, and I don't know. He just seems to open up defenses a little bit more. I don't know about Max. He's he seems to have. He's obviously got ability. Of course, he's got ability. Some things he does are incredible. But I just do. It doesn't seem to. Just, just not really happening for him, and he looked very dejected towards the end of that he first did. half. He looks, he, he almost knew he wasn't coming on for the second half. It, it doesn't. Uh, Trav, do you think? Again, it's a difficult question to mm. answer, but is he going to go down as one of the great missed opportunities? Because at the moment, if he wasn't to play next season, it, it'll be a quiz question in five years' time. There won't be many people going, "Oh, what an opportunity we wasted." Because partly because, and for all that I defend him. And for all that I say, he's never played in a position he should have done. Every time he gets the opportunity, he's never really yeah. taken it. The best he's been for me is when he came on a sub against Watford in the third game of the season yeah. For, yeah. for 20 minutes. Yeah. And when we all thought, well, oh, we've got, wow, a, what, we got here? what a player we've got here, mm. passable turn. He's never really come on from that. And it, it might be that Roy's managing him better than we think there he is. There has to be a reason, Kev. He was yeah. seen as one of the stars of German uh, football. Without, he was without, seen yeah. as one of the, the guys who's going to take German football to the, yeah. the, the next generation. And he's ended up at Crystal Palace. No disrespect to Crystal Palace, but he's not playing in the Bundesliga. Yeah. He's not playing for Dortmund or Munich or anything like that. And he's not playing for one of the top seven or eight clubs in this country. He's playing for us. And, you know, and we all thought we got a steal. There's a reason why. And maybe this is the reason why. I I think maybe he's. But in terms of his future, I don't know, I don't know what, what would happen there. Because he's, you know, would, would somebody pick him up? I don't know. Is he? Is there enough in his past for someone else to take a punt, or would would we do we keep him? But at the same time, if Roy's still the manager and it's clear that he doesn't have a game plan for him, is it is it worth it? I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd love to see him in the team, and I'd love to see him become the player that we all, we, we, we all want him to be. And I think we all just want to see that Luca Kuyate and him just in front, and then. I'm, have I'm, the first half of that and then see how it goes. I'm hoping that Roy is managing him better than we think he is. And yeah. that Roy, who I think will be our manager next season now, I th- I'm hoping that Roy will think, give him a full pre-season mm. with the Premier League. And, and that it, that's what it took for him to get used to the, 
pace of football at that level. Because even against Huddersfield in the first half on Saturday, Huddersfield, he played the ball around nicely, sedately, yeah. but at no great pace. Even then he seemed to struggle to get to the pace of that game. Yeah, did, and again, did. it's one of those things where I thought I was walking to the game thinking this is his... His day to shine, even slightly out of position, he still didn't grab it by the scruff of the neck like in a way that Kabai probably would have done. But then there's yeah. still there is still glimpses. There's still, there's still glimpses. There's still glimpses of little little bits. I mean, there was well, a, one where a little touch on the first thing. How has he managed to just kill, kill that ball dead? Yeah. and he's played it off. And there's all those little things you can see the, the touch of class, but it's it's just about the it's about the match fitness. His his, uh, his confidence just doesn't seem like he he's found his place in the team. But well, he I does think because I think because what I, what I think Batshuayi misses, especially at home. Is I've seen it so many times with Batshuayi with Chelsea. The ball down the down his down his side, like the, on the half turn, mm. for Batshuayi to turn around onto. He doesn't get those sort of passes. No, and no. May is the only one who can sort of do it, but yeah. he's not in a position to do so. But so before we move on to Tottenham, there's a there's a question about somebody we have spoken about before. But it's a question from Lynn. Oh, hi, Lynn. And Lynn, I think he's, he's turning a slight negative into a positive. But talking about AWB and talking about Palace being a club for nurturing talent. And basically, Lynn's question is. In terms of his own development, is he better off staying with us? Yes. Just in yes. his own development without rather than us as a doubt, club. Without a doubt. And also, off the back of that, maybe it's a, not a bad thing that he hasn't had the England call up yet. Give him time to grow at his own pace with the under 21s and with us. Um, pers- and this is, you know, have been a manager, a man of a certain age. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad he didn't get called up for England. I think everybody knows how good he is, all the pundits and the people who write, the journalists and other players, everybody knows he's quality, everybody knows he's good and it's proven with the stats and you just watch him week in, week out. I think if he's got somebody, if he's got somebody, good people around him, good people around him, whether it be his agent or his parents or whoever it is around him, he has to stay at Palace for at least one more season to develop, to become a proper, you know, proper, proper Premier League um, do, he's come Travis, leaps and bounds this season as well. But do you think your dad says all the pundits know him? Gary Lineker got a lot of stick last week after the England game, Montenegro, when he tweeted his list of England players underneath and didn't include Wan Bissaka. Do you think there's an element sometimes with people go, oh, he's playing for Palace? You don't, you kind of overlook him. You kind of think, yeah, he's good at Palace. In a sense, the way I some people I, still dismiss his heart to an extent. Fans I think, the the big, yeah. I think, if, I think if Wan-Bissak had come through the Man City Academy or the Liverpool Academy, then I think maybe he probably would be playing for England. Yes, yeah. right. but you know, I'd, but you're talking about his personal development. I'm not talking about the politics of football, which is a different question. His personal own development. I mean, how, how old is he? 20? 20, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, Yeah, yeah, he's a kid. You know, give him one more full season at Palace to really elevate and get him firmly stuck in well, I, I remember leaving the game the other day and looked at him and just, the first few games he played last season, he was amazing, won his tackles and everything, but you can still see it's just like, he just seems a bit nervous, he's a bit, yeah, it's like, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Bit and now you see him and just, he looks like a competent Premier League player. Mm. He picks the ball up, he can make the right pass. It's not just going out to the wing or going back to the centre-back again, which is like the obvious pass for a right-back to make. He picks his head up, shimmies, beats a man, mm. it's now played it into the middle of the park and if you give him another season at Palace doing that it'd be perfect but I mean if you if you if you did move away he would he, I do think he could turn into a bit of a world beater but the thing is if, if, I, he, I would if much he does rather move away he does move away he would need to start oh, he's only going to go to one of the the top six or whatever and is he not he probably won't be guaranteed a, a, a weekly game you know so therefore his his development will be stunted if he stays with us his development will grow 
if I was Gareth Southgate, I'd have a word with Hodgson and say, don't sell him. I'm going to mm. keep him on. I, I will bring him into the squad next season. I will bring him in. Just keep him playing. Let him play 30, 40 games next season. You know, whatever. And let's just see. Let's let's see the kid develop. He's a brilliant player. And I don't want to... Basically, I'm saying this because I don't want him to leave. And I don't. I really don't, I don't think, think he will. He will. I, I really don't think he will, think he will in, leave. In terms of his physique, Trav, because I know you're quite slightly built and you yeah. were playing at the Palace Academy. When, when your dad and I were... What's your thought in the eighties and nineties? When uh, when I thought you were when we were slightly built. Well, <laughs> I can't remember that. I can't remember that I far can't back. Remember, I can't remember. The it 70s. was before the eighties, early eighties, Joy Division time. Yeah, although a lot of that was sucking cheekbones in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the players that came through, you know, with very rare exceptions, were picked on size before talent. And now it seems you look at Alexander Arnold, you look at Wambasaka close up. They're not they're not physically imposing players. Do you think there's a slight Changing attitude, Travis. That you don't people don't think you need to be huge and athletic. When look, was, if you look at Fosse Mensah, for example, <laughs> Fosse Mensah came to us, and basically size is the only thing he, yeah, he had going for him. Yeah. And it turned out that his touch was poor. But was that Wamasak has got all those things? But his strength seems to be in, in anticipation. I and, think I know what Charles is going to say. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? Yeah, I'm going to talk about um, when you were at the academy. It was it just it started to talk. It was all about size. Oh no, yeah. Even was, even then, which is even not when that I when I was there, it was it was all about size. And I remember a manager we had, well, it's John Slarko. It was about it was about going home, being big, getting bigger, getting the ball down the line. And right. I I think that the the Premier League is a different game now. It's, it's it is a ball playing game. And I think he has that in his locker. And I think he is he's he's bigger, and he's probably got a lot. He's probably a lot more imposing than you think he is looking at the side because you've got players out there that are. Enormous, enormous, <laughs> yeah. And I think he has got a bit more. You know, he goes in for some shoulders, shoulders, and he does. He's not getting knocked off the ball when he's going in for things. He looks like Wilf used to look when Wilf, like when yeah. like Wilf. And I've put, you know watched videos of Wilf three or four seasons ago. He's not as he's a lot bigger now, but he wasn't necessarily small then. No. Every, everyone's on a on a certain level. I don't think it is necessarily part of the ironic, game. I find it ironic that John Salaka would be so upset when he was one of the players who came through who was mm. tiny when he first came I mean, through. We, we are talking. St- Few years ago, yeah, that's suppose, six yeah. years ago, seven six years ago. Years. Well, anyway, this is um, this is by way of a JD tribute. End of the part. Talking of size, <laughs> we're about to be going to a brand new massive stadium. Oh yes, so well, let's talk about that. Well, in part three. You two are going. <laughs> you two are going. I'm not going. I'm going to be in my local pub reading poetry, and drinking Guinness. A spoken word, we call it now. Well, we call it spoken word. Because <laughs> well, it, it doesn't rhyme. So, quite, I'm, I'm old school. If it doesn't rhyme, it's spoken word. <laughs> we'll see you in part three. Uh, welcome back to part three of the FYP podcast. Hey! Part three already. Part three already. Doesn't time fly when you're standing in for somebody else? Yeah. Brilliant. Pod number 285, sponsored wow. by Vector Printing. For all your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with a... K. Oh, that's a, that's a, that was a special K, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. was a very special K. And the our other sponsors, of course, uh, our, our good friend John Curran for... All your conspiracy theory needs, visit <laughs> <laughs> JC and Associates. So it's jcassociateslondon.com. I will. Very good. So, let's, let's it's two big games this week. Uh, we're privileged, I suppose, is the right word, to be taking part in the opening yep. of Tottenham's new stadium, which does look magnificent. I still, no one has fully scientifically explained to me this lager that's. I've, been to, a, the, I've uh, been to a bar where they. Where, I, I went to a bar recently. Um, it was oh, where was it? It was in like, sort of in the city somewhere. It was some city bar. I went with somebody. I looked obviously looked out of place, 
But they had this thing on the wall, and you you that went. Makes you, it depend on the city. Yeah, you went. To the, you you basically got your. You went to the bar and you got a card and you put some money on your card and so you go up to this machine and you flash your card in front of it and you get this pint glass and you put it on this metal thing. And at the bottom of the pint glass, there's like a round metal thing. And it just, you put Is it, it on magnet? this thing. It's, it's like, it's basically a magnet. So you push it in and the lager comes at the top and then you take it off, the, the plastic thing comes to the bottom. Because I was messing around with it, seeing if I could move it. I did. And all the lager came out the bottom uh-huh. and all over my trousers. Well, I'm, so but anyway, I, I probably haven't explained it very didn't, well. You just spill it. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you explained <laughs> the spillage quite well. All, all I'll say is that I, I was raised by my dad. He said there's two things you can't beat, son. That's the Chinese, which I never understood. No, I don't understand that. And either. gravity. gravity. That's one thing you can't beat gravity. So that's the thing that's worrying me. The, the coming up thing. The Chinese thing was because. Well, the that's because there's a hole in the bottom. Yeah. It's simple, really. Yeah, but you're still fighting gravity, though, aren't you? Mm. Well, I suppose if you've got a hosepipe in your... Yeah, if you've got a hosepipe, you do that. If you, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I got a I think there's more... There's probably more exciting things at these new Spurs Stadium than... Well, for you, the microbrewery. I imagine <laughs> what you'd be particularly like. Um, I, I'm looking forward to... I'm genuinely pleased that we are the first team. Now, it, I'm slightly perplexed at how optimistic Palace fans are because everyone seems to think we're going to spoil their party. It'd be fantastic if we did. They're on a bit of a bad run of form. It's well, well, bound to change well, around at some point. You've, isn't it? you've played right into the hands of our next question, which is oh. from Mike Benz. Oh, apparently, Mike. Um, we're seventh in the form table. Spurs are 18th. Mm. So do we go there with more hope then? And, and Is that since... Is that the last five games? That's a good question, Mike. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a very good question. Well, I console myself with the fact that JD wouldn't know. <laughs> and that's a, and that's a very very good Andy Street type question there, Travis. Well done. Um, I'm not going to move on to XG. Don't worry about that. I'm going to keep that one to the side. Yeah, no. If anyone ex- yeah. mentions expected goal, that's the one thing about hosting this. I can cut out any talk about expected goals. <laughs> I don't even. I don't but even they're, but they're, goals. I mean, Tottenham are in poor form. I mean, they've got a decision to make about their goalkeeper, who's made a few mistakes. But I think. I think our record there is not brilliant, but I think we travel in, given our away form, there's no reason why we shouldn't no. be going there. Absolutely we not. Go. I mean, absolutely. They are not, I mean, if it, if, if it, if it wasn't in their new stadium, we wouldn't even be talking like this. We'd be going, they are there for the taking. This team, they're, they're going to be buoyant, but they're also going to be nervous because it'll be yeah. a big party. Yeah. They'll be nervous because they, they will want to stop the rot. You know, they will want to stop because they, they're, they are in danger of being in a multi-million pound new stadium and no Champions League next year. And if and if if they lose to us tomorrow, and Arsenal just gone up instead, haven't they as well? And that's Arsenal are now third, yeah. So it's uh, it which, uh, and you know, and we 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 as we've already been talking about, we do play better away from home. They're not been playing great at the moment. Uh, it's it's there, and I think I think our players will be as up for it as they are. They'll be more up for it than if they played up. Wembley when they were playing at Wembley because yeah. I think the, the the gloss of going to Wembley will have been gone I think them going to a brand new stadium is going to be really as exciting for the Palace players as it will be for the Tottenham players if I'll be more exciting because the Palace players have got nothing to lose whereas the Tottenham players don't want to start off on a bad well I think yeah, I think it's also it's a chance for our fans to show that no matter how fancy your acoustics are and how fancy your new stadium <laughs> are that we can still out sing oh, yes. any team because mm. Tottenham fans do have a habit of going quite quiet if things mm. don't go well for them. Also, I mean, they're struggling a little bit midfield. I mean, who would you who would you expect to start the game? And there's quite a few people have uh, said they would start Benteke for this game in in particular because they, they look fairly weak against crosses. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think we can all predict that Mayo won't be starting. I don't think Mayo will be no. starting. I think it'll be probably the team that oh, I don't know who. 
I reckon... Presumably Schlupp with... It'll be Lucas Schlupp and Maka probably, yeah. or Lucas Schlupp Luke, and Chiarte. Yeah, probably Sure, he's got to start with Chiarte. And I mean, Luke but, you know... Surely, I, I, I would have thought so, but I think... They both fit. I would have thought so. I thought you would have started him in the weekend. Well, maybe, it's I mean, gone. again, the fitness, the, you know, there's talks of Kiati not being fully fit, but you kind of, you, you, you would know this better than I do, Trav, as well, because you played football at a proper level. But if you're fit enough to be on the bench, you're fit enough to play it. Or shouldn't you be? So, I mean, yeah. Is always that an old-fashioned cliche now? Uh, no, not really. I mean, there's a lot of, I've spoken to people I know that play football, and players, players get injured all the time and players want to play football. So and le- if a player is off for an injury, they are they are definitely injured. It's, there's no there's no beating around the bush with that. So if he's if he's there, you wouldn't put someone on the bench if they weren't fit enough to play. And I think if Kiyote's there on the bench, you would, you would start He'd him on the weekend. just may not be fit enough to play for the full 90 minutes. Full 90, that, that's all it would be, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, somebody I presume we know was starting goal because somebody we didn't. I mean, the only player we didn't mention in the first two parts was Gaeta. Yeah, who, he pulled off that good save. Well, he pulled. I thought the second one. Yeah. Well, I don't know which one you're talking about. There was two was in a row, header. but the second one was brilliant. The one he just we, tipped around. We thought he'd missed it when he tipped it around. But a sign of a good keeper where he didn't have a, very much to do. But the two saves he had to make, yeah. he made properly. I, I do uh, like the way when he gets the ball, he runs around the air like a mad child, going, oh, where am I going to throw this? And he just looks a bit chaotic, but he seems to know what he's doing, definitely. Well, I also like the fact that it went overlooked slightly, and I don't know whether he was copying Brighton's keeper, who it didn't bother me at all when Brighton's keeper ran the length of the pitch to celebrate yeah. their second goal. Fine, that's what he should do. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he's playing for them, I'm neither here nor there. Yeah. But Gaeta ran most of the length of the pitch to, to have a word with Luca yeah. before the penalty. And was celebrating the penalty, but obviously he clearly had something to say to him about whether it's about that particular keeper he was taking yeah, yeah. the penalty against. But well, okay, what a penalty he, taker! He, is, um, he does seem to have embraced life at Crystal Palace, doesn't he? Yeah, fully, very fully. Yeah, yeah. Con- considering he, he wasn't the first choice yeah, for a while, from the you're considered bleach blonde hair to yeah. his behaviour <laughs> on the pitch, he seems to have he seems to have embraced life. In general, so then we've got we've got a game. Everybody on TV last night watching the Newcastle-Arsenal game. Mm. And I know Newcastle are a better team at home, but they're hard work to watch away from home. They genuinely are. Yeah. I think most people will expect a low-scoring game up at St James's Park, but yeah. everyone is, everyone's saying Newcastle are safe. And everyone's we, saying we, we are. We probably are, then, in that case. Oh, is, well, we are, yeah. is it one of those games where both teams are thinking of uh, one point, a point out of this? And we're, I mean, obviously, obviously, I think... Both managers and teams and fans will be happy to leave with a point after the Newcastle game. Um, but, you know, as we all know, well, as Travis will probably know better than us too, when you get out there and you're on the football pitch, you just want to win. Yeah. <laughs> you want to win. Because you, you're also going out knowing that even if you lose, you're probably not going to go down anyway. So you, you, just know, think, you don't want to lose. Never want yeah. to lose. Well, but you, you never want to lose a football you lose game. When you're relegated, you're going to the last game of the season. Well, who was it? Was it Sunderland won 4 0 last, last game of the season when they had been relegated. Already, yeah. who they beat? Was it? City or somewhere, I can't remember. Was it United, City, it was somebody, yeah, somebody, United, yeah. Liverpool yeah. or something like that. But, you know, you never want to lose a football game, and you know, you, you'd you'd hope you'd go out there. Of, you know, it's and it's it's a and really weird one. Kev. It's a weird one because mathematically, both Newcastle and Palace could still go down. Yeah, but in reality, we know that you know ex, expected something. There'll be some stat by some Opta index somewhere that tells that there's a four point one percent chance of us going down at a three point eight. It'll come to that game, and all we'll need is a point each to to yeah. stay up. But, you well, know, so. well, you're looking at Cardiff's games as well. I mean, they've got three very difficult away games starting Man City, but Lizette. Uh, A87 or Lizetta 87 oh, I was going to go wrong um, 
She's backed up my own independently verified research, okay. which was hastily going through the fixtures <laughs> of the clubs left and right now. <laughs> but we are, we're actually six. This time last year, we only had 30 points. Did we? We played a game more. We were fourth from bottom. Wow. So we're six points better off than we were. Our wow. family played a game less. So there's... She, she points out there's no real cause for anything other than optimism no, there's no cause. I mean, in terms of staying up but then uh, then the argument is as Mr Cadbury's parrot says Mr I, I Cadbury's parrot I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that in because basically because he said what, is, what does good look like I mean the argument is then for those of us who are happy with staying in the Premier League we've yeah. got cause for optimism for those who think there's a bit, a bit more than that then there are things to improve next season, aren't there? It's, it's, as I said I think it was in the first half of, of the first part of the pod it's like yeah you know it's we, we 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 look at each game as an individual game and whether we should play like this or we played like that and we dissect it all and individual players and movements and the manager and this and that. But in general, this is a really good time, Kev. It's a really positive yeah. time. And I know I, I get told off all the time for being too positive about Palace. Oh, God. I just, well, no, I don't care. You know, I don't care what you say, mate, actually. I actually don't care because I'm about to buy, I'm about to renew my season ticket to watch my team in the seventh year in the top flight you know what not not many Palace fans can say that That's apart from the ones true. that are around right now and, and I'm seeing some of the greatest players we have got at, at the moment, an FA Cup final recently as well we, we, are, pushed... we have got the best player we've ever had at the moment Will Sahar yep. which I, I think is the best player that has ever pulled a Palace shirt on Wan-Bissaka is not far behind. And Wan-Bissaka is a great prospect we've got some great teams we, you know, yeah. it's all good and you know, the fact we are with what? How many games to go? Six, six games to go. We're not mathematically safe, but let's be honest, we're pretty much safe. Well, also if, to, to finish on an, an optimistic note as well from somebody else, Connor underscore Crit. Oh, uh, Connor, Connor, who says with twenty-one points available, he thinks we'll get ten, which is not necessarily overly optimistic. No. If we do that, we won't be far behind Wolves and Watford, who everybody agrees are having their best season ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah so if we if we were to finish on forty-six points. We would still have the memories of the frustrating early part of the season, but that would be a you know you'd, you'd set off that at the start. Of if, you you said, would. if you say, look, we'd do the double over Man City, we'll you know we'll get we'll score some brilliant goals away from home, we'll score a goal of the season possibly, and we'll finish with forty six points. We'll finish eleventh, twelfth, and we'll finish above Brian, and which we almost <laughs> certainly will. You take that, Travis. So it's Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's strange to know. It's interesting. It's, it's very it's strange, strange to be a football fan. Yeah, it's strange to be a football fan. You always fan. want more. The grass is always greener. You always want a little bit extra than what you, what you currently have. But That's the reason why we love this game because, you know, however well it's going, and I guarantee you talk to a Liverpool fan, they'll be moaning about something. Yeah. Man City fans will be moaning about something. Yeah. You know, of course they are. Arsenal fans will be moaning. Everybody moans. That's what we do. We're football yeah. fans. We, it's, it's, in, it's in our DNA. We moan. I'm convinced. Well, we'll just, let's, yeah, <laughs> as people say, change the movement. I'm convinced we will do the double over at Man City. Yeah, I am as well. I'm also looking forward, and we should have mentioned this. I think Raheem Sterling will get a and rightly so as well. Yeah, and you know what? I, and on that book, isn't it amazing how a player has turned everybody's opinion around? Absolutely. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was he wasn't liked by people yeah. just because he was people thought he was whatever, just didn't like him. And he's turned it around, and you know what? He's just done it by playing really, really well, and a few great things like holding up his shirt, yeah, and stuff like that. You know, and, and he's been doing these him. things though. He always he always has been he doing has. these things. He, it's, it's just taken from it's just taken. It's just funny how it, only because he's playing well that people are, uh, can accept he's a nice guy if he was having a bad season people would still be well also be, because he's, respond, he's, thickle, he's, he's thickle. responded with great dignity and yeah. often silence yeah. to some stuff in the tabloid press that's been pretty unpleasant it's been appalling 
and and whatever you attribute it to, he's dealt with that particularly well. Mm. And the fact is, as and well, he's thrown a few tongue in cheek comments out to him as well. Well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the, the fact is, talking to the club and the family, Demario Dawkins telling it wasn't just the t-shirt thing he did. He did so much more for for the family and for right. young Demario and trying to get it done. So I think he's it's one of those rare occasions when an away away player will deserve. Yeah, a huge round of applause for Palace, and, and we'll get and it as well. He will absolutely get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and so. on on that note, uh, and with an apology to everybody whose question I didn't get to ask, thank yeah. Travis Endicott and James Endicott for probably the best pod we've ever done. And thank you, thank Kevin you Day, for being probably the best host of this pod yeah, JD, ever. JD's all right. Well, he's, he uh, yeah. runs a close second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thank chances you. of him keeping that bit in. And have, have a wonderful time at uh, the new White Hart Lane tomorrow. Well, I'll just be staring at the log again. How do they do that? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.